you've been hearing it everywhere. These are unprecedented times. As we live through this global health pandemic, we're learning how to adapt and respond to keep healthy people safe and help those who are infected. What we understand about this pandemic continues to deepen and adapt as new data becomes available. But one finding remains consistent. People of all ages can be infected by COVID-19, the novel coronavirus. And while the majority who contract this disease will experience mild symptoms, some healthy people, older people, or people with pre-existing health conditions may experience severe illness. I'm Mara Bowen, podcasting for Abbott Nutrition Health Institute. I'm talking today with Dr. Nicholas Dutz of the Center for Translational Research in Aging and Longevity in the Department of Health and Kinesiology at Texas A&M University here in the United States. Dr. Dutz is here to talk about why older adults are more vulnerable during pandemics like COVID-19 and to help us understand the preventative steps they and society can take to reduce the risk of falling ill or to help combat the virus if they do. He'll focus on the recommendations and best practices ESPEN, the European Society for Clinical Nutrition and Metabolism, recently published on the nutritional management of individuals with SARS-CoV-2 infection. Now, one thing to note, this podcast recording may sound softer than you're used to hearing. For the sake of social distancing, Dr. Dutz and I are both dialing in for today's discussion rather than sitting in the studio. Dr. Dutz, welcome. Thank you for having me today. Yes, thank you for joining us. Um, before we start, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, your current role, and what brought you to this area of focus in your career? Yes, so I'm an, uh, an MD, originally from the Netherlands, and uh, I'm doing uh, clinical research uh, all my life and very much into the area of nutrition and metabolism. So a lot of the research that we are doing at the moment is really trying to find nutritional uh, compositions, uh, nutritional supplements that actually can improve the health of older adults, specifically those with uh, chronic uh, disease. We often hear older adults are more vulnerable during pandemics like COVID-19. Can you explain whether it's just age that places them at increased risk of becoming seriously ill, or are there other factors to consider? Yeah, so I understand that people think that it's just age, but it's not. It's everything that happens during old becoming older. Because we know that older adults, they usually have also some accompanying chronic diseases or conditions, and they can range from uh, pre-diabetes, so your glucose is a little bit higher than normal, to full diabetes, also obesity, or the atherosclerosis, so that your blood vessels are not... Uh, not as uh, good anymore, or any even more uh, severe diseases like cancer or chronic heart failure or COPD. All those diseases uh, are very prevalent in the older adults. And then, usually, what can happen is that people are sick, they also will experience malnutrition, which means that they do not eat enough food in relation to their needs. And that all causes that the immune system is not as good as it should be. And then, if older adults with any of these conditions, on top of that, also get the burden of the infection, for instance, with the coronavirus, then they are at a much higher risk of deteriorating health or even dying. So it's really about if you have a disease or your body is already uh, dealing with the disease, so your immune system is already activated, then to have a second burden like for instance infection that is really bad for your health. 
So what can older adults do to protect themselves then? And how can society work to protect them? Yeah, so in principle, of course, and I think everybody is made aware, but it's all about just not getting the virus. And that is, of course, mainly based by reducing or prohibiting contact with somebody that is already infected or in contact with surfaces that, for instance, contain coronavirus load. And the advice now is to do a lot of hand washing, social distancing, self-isolation uh, in almost all over the world in this pandemic. It's all based on not getting into contact with the virus. But what is also very uh, clear now that the overall health of the person is one of the key factors in how this person can cope with an infection with the uh, coronavirus. Now, if we think about this, we know that uh, there is a lot of research that's able to show that when people remain active, perform their regular activities throughout the day, and consume a healthy, nutritious diet, they will remain in a good condition. And so then they can better cope with infections like that one with the coronavirus. Now, you mentioned it's important to remain active throughout the day, but this can be difficult for people who are self-isolating at home. What are the possible consequences of not trying to stay active? Yeah, and I think we know it all from personal experience, especially in this time, you are at home, and now we are faced, forced to stay at home, and that will actually increase the sedentary behavior. We will watch more television, and also because we are not so happy, I think we will have a higher intake of unhealthy food. And if you think about it, that actually will cause that we will lose muscle because we don't use our muscle that often, and because we probably consume too many calories, we will actually gain fat, and that all will negatively affect the health and, and also the conditions that we maybe already have. And we know that older adults are already at risk of losing muscle because we know that older adults usually are a little bit less active and they already have a slow reduction of their muscle mass and strength. In other words, it's very hard. We have to stay home and actually we have to be more active at home, which of course is, is very difficult. If you think about all the research to summarize is that loss of muscle mass and strength in older adults is really very much related to the chance of being sick or staying sick or, for instance, when admitted to the hospital, have to stay in the hospital longer or getting any complications. So that's from the negative side. And we know also that if we are able uh, to uh, keep uh, our muscle mass and strength, we will really stay much healthy and be and remain independent longer and actually can recover sooner from disease. Our quality of life in general is absolutely higher when you stay active. What type of activities can people do to help keep themselves active at home? Any activity, of course, is good, but think about it. Just walking around in the house, I understand sometimes that's very difficult because there's sometimes not a lot of space, but you can try to do stair climbing if you have one or just do stand to sit or sit to stand from a chair. Maybe do some even some chair squats or sit-ups, push-ups. 
And if possible, if you have a nice yard, do some gardening and take care of, uh, of all your plants. Some other ways to do it is thinking about the traditional exercise practices like yoga and tai chi. They are also good alternatives. And even nowadays, I think there are a lot of e-health apps on mobile phones uh, that can help with, with staying active. There are a lot of exercise videos that are there to, uh, to assist in staying active. So there are ways, but everybody has to find his own way of staying active in home in their confined area. What happens when malnutrition is present? How should healthcare practitioners approach it? We have shown and others have shown that when malnutrition is there, and again, it's more prevalent in the older adults, if they have one or more chronic diseases, we have to identify first whether there is a risk of malnutrition, which means we can do that by, for instance, there are screening tools to do that, or uh, we can think about questions like, did you have recently a weight loss that you were not aware of, or are your clothes maybe not as as fitting as usual, or your jewelry, your rings, or do you have lots of appetite or any difficulty of eating, feeling tired, or being very fatigued? That are all signs of malnutrition. And the caregivers really need to be aware of, of malnutrition because it has so many uh, consequences. If people themselves feel these signs, I think uh, I would really advise them to, to contact uh, the healthcare provider. Malnutrition causes that someone, of course, eats a little bit less calories, but more importantly is that also this person will eat less protein. And then the protein intake becomes so low that it will have an effect on the muscle mass and strength and people will feel more weaker. So normally the uh, intake that we advise is is between one and one and a half gram of kilogram body weight per day, which is a substantial amount for some people, but it is really necessary. And we also show that it's in older adults even more important. And it could well be that it is too difficult to just obtain this intake of protein with the diet alone. Besides that, of course, we have to think about that we also should have all our micronutrients and our vitamins and minerals. Uh, one, uh, one of those is, for instance, vitamin D, because vitamin D it relates to a bone and muscle strength. And when people are inside, of course, the, there is not so much sunlight, so your endogenous production of vitamin D is low. So that's why it's even more important to take it with the diet. Now, if all these things do not work, which could well be sometimes the case, so that you cannot use regular food intake to meet your nutritional uh, needs, then I actually would advise people to think about taking oral nutritional supplements. Because those oral nutritional supplements have all the important ingredients. And uh, we know that uh, all nutritional supplements are really supplements. They supplement on top of the diet and they will improve the overall dietary intake and also the body weight and lower the risk of complications, uh, maybe prevent uh, admissions to the hospitals or readmission to the hospitals. 
So in my opinion, nutrition and exercise are so key in this in this whole weekend. Stay healthier than usually and think about situation being at home. That that has a major effect on our activity and our food intake. So this is this is how we look. And I think let's come over these times. It's that time to all see that, but it will go away, and we have to see the sun again. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time today, Dr. Dutes, and for these excellent insights. We'll hear more from you on our next podcast episode on the nutritional needs of COVID-19 patients in hospital and post-discharge, and I'm very much looking forward to that discussion. Now, to our listeners, our website, anhi.org, has a series of resources related to this topic. For instance, infographics on nutrition and immunity, dehydration, and why maintaining muscle matters. You can find these resources on ANHI by clicking resources and then printable materials or by scrolling to the end of the transcript for this podcast episode. If you're hoping for more podcast episodes on nutrition and immunity, rest assured we're developing a series of additional episodes to help support you. Become an ANHI.org member today by clicking register at the top of our homepage to receive regular nutrition science news updates from our team. Thanks, everyone. Stay healthy and safe.